thank you so much for tuning in to the near near death experience uh it's one of my new shows and uh with me today i have edbert he has had an amazing experience in 1970 and he still remembers it as of today so how are you doing ed how are you today i'm doing good i am um no complaints okay and it's amazing that you can remember something that happened in 1970 and uh, I'm sure you must have written it down and everything so and you had it when you were you know you had 15 uh -huh. allergies or you were 15 at the time I was 15 at the time I was home alone you were home alone oh poor thing and uh, and so I'm gonna let you take over um, Start telling us a little bit about the experience that you had when you were 15. What were you doing home alone? Um, well, my parents were at work, and I'm not sure where my brother was. He was somewhere else. But I was alone upstairs in the living room. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had allergies a lot as a child. And uh, I was taking shots for it and things like that. I'd gotten allergy tested. And they only helped so much. Mm -hmm. um, but why I was home alone, I really don't remember. I just know that there was no one else there. Mm -hmm. And um, start telling us about the experience when you start choking. Okay. Um, well, I wrote it down. And if I can just read what I wrote down, because... Okay. If I just say it from memory, I might get things mixed up in their order and things like that. Uh -huh. um, so I was about 15 and I was home alone. I had allergies at the time, which there was a lot of them. I always had constant drainage going down my throat. Uh -huh. I, ex I exhaled, and when I went to inhale, a blob of thick mucus plugged my airway. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, usually you can just cough it out or just... Spin. You know, whatever, and just clear your airway. Well, I couldn't do that this time. I couldn't breathe in. And so I tried again, and I still couldn't breathe in. And suddenly, I was not aware of my physical body at all, and I felt like I was drifting drifting upwards a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I had a body, but it didn't have a shape. It was formless. Mm -hmm. um, I was a mass of energy with an intellect. And that's all I was. My, I was still me. My mind was still there, mm -hmm. but I didn't have a physical body anymore. But yet I was aware of like an energy, like I was just energy, which is really odd. Did you, I then, did, huh? you uh, did you look back at your body? No, not at that time. I just was, I just suddenly realized, okay, I was out. It's like, I don't really know how to describe it. It's like being, let's say, in your home in one instant, and literally the next instant you're in the middle of a city, and you don't know where you're at. Uh -huh. you know, it, the change was that drastic. Um, but uh, I had no body. I was just an energy with an intellect. I then combined with something much larger, and the personality of myself and the personality of this other larger thing, we merged. And mm 
-hmm. I could become, I was suddenly aware that if I wanted to know an answer to anything, all I had to do was ask. I suddenly, I didn't really know everything. I was just aware that if I wanted to, all I had to do was think about it and the knowledge was made available to me, mm -hmm. which you can't do in a physical body. Uh -huh. And uh, anyway, I was a new personality in one body, and yet I sensed that there was more in this mass. Our first reaction was to think I was free once more. Mm -hmm. Those were the first words, well, I, my soul, uh, said when it got out, was like, free once more. And after I looked back on it, I realized, oh, wow, I've done this before. Mm -hmm. And it was a normal thing. It was a normal feeling. Um, I found myself above clouds, but they weren't clouds at all. That's the only real words I have to describe them. It's like, let's say you're on a, uh, a you're high up, like on a TV antenna tower mast. Mm -hmm. And you look down and you see like little puffy clouds. And you yourself are a cloud. You're not hanging on to the mast or anything else. You just, you yourself are a cloud. And you look out and you see one or two other ones. And you look down and that's where the clouds are hanging. There's more and more of them the further down you look. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty strange. Um, but each cloud was a large formless mass with an intelligence mm -hmm. and it's like I could sense that okay each one was just it was just huge very large very powerful um, it's something like being a pencil in a Walmart parking lot mm -hmm. you know it's the size comparison of me to this larger mass that I was now a part of, that's the size difference. It's just insanely huge. Mm -hmm. um, did, you, did you see with, anybody, like light, color, anything? Well, I saw, I sensed within this own cloud that I was part of, there were other things going on, which I really kind of ignored it. I didn't pay much attention to it. But yet, as I looked at each of the other clouds, you know, the energy forms, there were little colored lights, colored areas. Mm -hmm. um, and I just knew that those were souls that were being made. You know, there's evidently there's different parts of the energy that come together in the creation of a soul. And each light part of light or an orb of light within each of these other clouds was something that was being created mm -hmm. and i realized did you see like um grass trees anything like that no nope. there was no physical references at all it was all just gone there was no blank or black background everything was filled in no trees, no cities, no house, no earth, no physical references at all existed. Hmm. Um, 
like I said, there was only two or three clouds as high up as I was. The the further down I looked, the more clouds there was. And I understood that the height difference, like from down there up to where I was, was a vibration difference. Mm -hmm. So I can only conclude that I was really high up in the vibrations because down down there was more and more clouds and then it got really dense then there was just you know a cloud layer all the way down Mm -hmm. and it was just lower vibrations Mm -hmm. there was no body there was no pain there was no fear there's no hot no no cold there was no hunger there was nothing i didn't feel a physical shell like you do right now mm-hmm. uh, I had no skin there was there was nothing it was just a massive energy that was in existence mm-hmm. um, I could see how everything is connected like we're all I understood that that cloud way over there in the distance which distance doesn't really describe anything it's just way over there I had a piece of the same thing that created me as that cloud or energy mass over there did too. Mm -hmm. And I understood that as I looked at each one, I understood that we all have that same piece. So I understood that we are all a spark. We are all from the same source. Mm -hmm. Everything is. And it's like, oh, okay, that's cool. And I was done looking at that, done looking around, and I'm going, okay. And it was time for the life review. And I was, like I said, I was a small part of this huge mass. And something down off to my right was triggered. And I remember the life review starting. Because I remember, okay, it's time for the life review. But that when it started, nothing happened. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, that's a little odd. And so it was triggered again, and I got the same result. There was nothing. And I remember thinking, that's odd. There's something wrong. And that's when I looked back, and I saw my physical body in distress. My hands were at my throat trying to, you know, get air into the body. Mm-hmm. So during this initial part, my physical body was still alive mm-hmm. in all aspects. It's just that the soul wasn't in it, mm-hmm. or at least part of the soul. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as I know, when the soul completely leaves, the body dies. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not true in all cases. I don't know. But... As soon as that was realized, all of a sudden, I found myself back in my body. It was confining. I'll tell you what. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh, my God, I'm back in this thing again. (laughs) You know, after having no boundaries and I could sense all this, I was now once again limited to the physical senses. Um, It took me. You know, a second or so to readjust to it, to being back in. And I remember a voice saying in my head, if you can't breathe in, breathe out. Now, 
me, I'm, I don't know, I guess a little on the argumentative side, you might say, a little on the stubborn side. And so I argued with it, and I said, that's pointless. That's kind of ridiculous. You know, I'm trying to breathe in. I need air in. I don't need to breathe the air out. And so the voice said it again to me, only stronger. If you can't breathe in, breathe out. And in a flash, it came to me, you have to take everything that's in your lungs. Remember, I had just finished exhaling. So there wasn't much of anything left in my lungs. So I um, forced whatever little was air that was, you know, in my lungs. I forced it out. Glob broke free, and I took a breath in, you know, which is natural and normal. Mm-hmm. And I could feel this energy running from head to my toe, mm-hmm. just re-energizing me. And that was, I'm well, I'm here because of that. And that was back in 1970. Mm-hmm. And I'm 66 now. I was 15 then. But it made such an imprint on my memory. It's still clear, mm-hmm. which is the only thing I can remember with such clarity and the feelings that were associated with it from even close to way back then. You know how you tie emotions with a memory, and that's one of the ways you remember. Mm-hmm. Well, the feelings, the sensations, the emotions that went with this experience were so strong. They just imprinted that on me. And the the elapsed time was only just a few seconds. I mean, how long after you exhale and you hold your breath before you have to breathe in again? Right. Only a few seconds. And that was my experience. Wow. Did it, as a 15-year-old, if I just like, what in the heck happened here? What in the heck just happened? Actually, it didn't really register like that. It's like, okay, that was cool. I'm just glad to be alive. Mm-hmm. I still had the drainage going down my throat, which, you know, it's just, uh-huh. well, you either, you know, you either spit it up or you swallow it. Right. And uh, I still had that. I still had, you know, my body was quivering a little bit. So I had to, you know, get some water and get some a little bit of food in me or whatever, but I never really thought about it as being, wow, that was really cool, or what an experience, what a rush. That never occurred to me until years later, and it's like, that was weird, Mm -hmm. but it started me on a path toward being more spiritual. Well, Ed, hold the thought because I want to come back. We're going to go into a commercial break. But I want to talk about the layers that you've seen and, you know, the people or Uh the souls, spirits that you've seen below to the ones up high. And how many layers did you see? Was it one, two, three? You know what I mean? But hold on and we're going to go into a commercial break right now. Okay. Hey, this is Sabrina, the owner of MathBeast EQ'd. I believe mathematics is the most important subject students should learn, but sometimes traditional schooling isn't enough. I have a classroom space in Bluffdale, Utah, or we can use Google Meet or Skype. Call me at 
515-865-8600. Let's help your student become a beast at math so they can be a beast at life. I'm Esther, co-founder of Head & Home Horse Rescue and Equine Therapy. We have a program called the Cavalry Club, where if you join, some of the benefits are you'll get to ride horses at a fraction of the cost. You'll also get awesome discounts on riding lessons and more. Cavalry Club membership is $75 per month per person. With the membership, you get a one-hour, 30-minute riding session every week unlimited supervised visits to the facility, discounted membership for family members who ride at the same time, discounted riding lessons, discounts for birthday parties or other events, and discounted tickets to Head & Home events. Come check us out on our website, headandhome.org, where you can see photos of our horses. Come visit us to see them live. You can reach us at 801 254-1687. Hey, this is Brian with Better Accounting. Do you know how much money you will owe in taxes? Do you just blindly save money here and there and hope it is enough to cover your tax bill? There is a better way. Wouldn't it be nice if you could go into the tax season knowing exactly what your tax bill will be? Or better yet, wouldn't it be nice to make smaller payments throughout the year so you are not scrambling to pay your taxes? Better Accounting is the proactive solution to business taxes and accounting. Our team believes in regular communication with our clients. We meet with our clients multiple times throughout the year. Effective tax planning does not just happen during the tax season. If you are looking for a hands-on partner in your business, give Better Accounting a call. Call our office at 385-257-8866 or check out our website at betteraccounting.com. We work in all 50 states. Again, give us a call at 385-257-8866. We look forward to working with you. Thank you so much for hanging in there with me. I'm sitting here with Ed Birch, and he's had an experience in 1970. So, Ed, let's go into the three, or not the three, but the um, layers that you've seen on the other side, the, um, the clouds and the... That's really kind of got some of us interested in, you know, what's yeah, um, what you see there. Uh, it's kind of hard to describe. There's no actual set layers as like layers in a cake or layers of soil or layers of rock. There's nothing like that. There's no definite boundaries. It's, you might say, from... Well, up from even up above where I was to way down below, there's no definite boundaries between anything. Mm -hmm. There's like an infinite number of layers, and it's all like what well, you could call just a large gray area where there's no, there's just no boundaries. There's no defining 
uh, barriers between any of the layers. Mm -hmm. um, I do know and remember that each of the clouds I saw, one that was a little bit down below me, was a different vibrational level. And I know from ghost hunting, the lower the vibrations, the closer you get to being physical or human. And from what I've read, uh, humans are on like the lowest vibrational level. Hmm. Um, but did you that's see what I've read? I did know. you get, did you go to any of those levels or what level were no, you on? No, I, I did not. Hmm. Um, I could look down through them and mm -hmm. I could see what was going on mm -hmm. and looking back on it, I guess maybe some of the progress those other souls were making. Mm -hmm. um, I think the ultimate goal was to be, you know, up as high as you can vibrationally wise. And, you know, you would be up above where I was. I couldn't really see up anything up above me. I'm sure that there was things I could see down below me. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just, I don't know. It's just like I said, there's no distinctive layers because mm -hmm. there's clouds on like an in-between layer and things like that. Mm -hmm. But there was only about two to three other clouds in roughly my range where I was. And then I looked down just a little bit. And there was a few more clouds down that way. And like I said, the more I, the more my senses peered down or penetrated through the layers, mm -hmm. the, um, the more clouds that there were. Hmm. Interesting. And it's just, that's the only way I know to describe it is that there's no distinctive boundaries between the layers. Hmm. And you didn't see a, it, nothing was formed like a human being. No, no, no. There was, there was nothing. There was, like I said, there was nothing for any kind of physical reference at all. Trees, rivers, mm -hmm. beings, entities of any kind. Everything was formless and shapeless. There was, there were all beings or entities of energy, mm -hmm. you know, of different kinds. Could it be? Amber. Could it be, Ed, that you weren't all the way dead? Do you know what I mean? You, you, it's, didn't, you couldn't it's get, possible. you were probably in a, a different room. You know what I mean? Where No, where because was, like I said, there was, there was no physical reference. Okay. And from what my soul said, free once more, it's mm -hmm. like it actually believed the body was dead or was going to die. Hmm. And so there was no reason to be in another room like an out-of-body experience or anything like that the soul actually believed that the body was going to die and it didn't just didn't want to go through that process so it freed itself hmm. interesting and have you had anything since then since 1970 have you had any yes oh. i have um okay. like i said it sent me on a path of spiritual growth um, did a lot of research and digging. Um, I got into, uh, uh, Robert Monroe's book, which was a book on astral traveling. 
and I took what lessons he taught in there and I practiced. I practiced concentration and meditation exercises. And there was one time I actually, my mind was trained enough to where I could just lay down on the bed and relax it from my feet working upward. Mm -hmm. And I felt myself, um, when, when I reached my head and everything else in my body was relaxed, I tried to, I don't know, you might say put it down or relax it more. Mm -hmm. You know, like you're trying to go to sleep. You're trying to, you know, just block out everything. And, and suddenly I felt myself sink about, seemed like about three feet down. You know, I could feel myself just, oh, you know, I, I could feel a falling sensation. You know, I was laying on my back. I could feel myself falling down. And then I merged with something, which some people call it your soul. Some people say it's an astral body. Some people distinguish between the two. I'm not really sure. I just know that what little there was in my conscious mind merged with something that was non-physical and it had the basic shape of my human body and I could feel myself lift out of it. I actually lifted up about a couple of feet above my physical body. Mm -hmm. But I was so happy to get out. I was so happy that yes, yes, this is great. I can do it. I smiled mm -hmm. and wouldn't you know it, that little act must have made my physical body smile too because I was jerked back into my physical body. I was unsettled for like three or four days afterward. You know, you're, how you're out of sorts. Mm -hmm. And I haven't gotten out since because that was, it's a lot of trouble. At least it was for me. I was glad to get out, but it's like, oh, wow. And then just suddenly being jerked back in is a really unsettling experience. But that was my only out-of-body experience. It's different from a near-death experience in that mm -hmm. your soul believes the body is going to die. See. Or it's really close to physical death. The out-of-body experience, your physical body is nowhere in distress. There's no trauma. You just relax yourself enough and you can feel yourself lift out. Mm -hmm. and I've had other people say, oh, wow, that is exactly what happened to me. And some people lift out through the head, some through the hips, some just roll over on their side. So I assume that there is a large variety of ways to get out of your body. But it can be done. Mm -hmm. But that's the only other experience that's happened to me. Mm -hmm. Interesting. But have you had any dreams or anything? Have you? Um, no, nothing along that line. Have you I've never... seen any spirits walk by? You know how you do yeah, seen I know room, that. And then all of a sudden somebody yeah. walks by and you're like, whoa. Uh, yeah. Um, let's see. After that, like I said, I became more spiritual. I did a lot of research and digging and stuff. Mm -hmm. And... There was uh, some books I read from back in the 70s about the world beyond and about the spirit world and things like that. And so I got more and more interested in that. And I learned a lot. Mm -hmm. I never have had 
dreams about it, which is really kind of odd. As intense as that near-death experience was, I have never dreamed about it. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't understand it. Or that out-of-body experience. But I did some studying, and I learned a lot, and my abilities, as you could call them, they grew and grew over time. Um, I found I could sense spirits and talk to them. Um, I also learned that communication with that side is a two-way street. It's just like communication with you and me. If one side or one person doesn't want to talk, there's no conversation. Right. So it's the same way, you know. If they don't want to talk to you, you're not going to hear anything. If they don't want you to see them, they're not going to be seen. Mm -hmm. And I've experienced that on some ghost hunts. There was one place I was at, and there was two entities standing in the doorway. And I was the last one out of the room. And, you know, the guy said, you know, come on, let's, let's keep going. There's swore over here. And so I was torn between these two entities because I know they wanted to talk to me. I mean, that's the only reason that they were there and they were looking at me and this guy saying, come on. And he's supposedly a, a, you know, a, a well-known ghost hunter and he can see ghosts and spirits and things like that. But yet he couldn't see these two. And I eventually left them, which I do regret. I should have stayed and talked with them and asked them what they wanted. Mm -hmm. um, there's been other experiences where I've opened portals and doorways and helped others cross over. And I had one, he looked back just as he was going through the, the, uh, the doorway and he looked back and he waved and smiled. Mm -hmm. And it was just a mass of white energy with a, a basic humanoid form, you know, a head, torso, arms, and legs. And that was it. And he actually waved and smiled at me, and I nodded in reply, like, yes, I acknowledge, you know, that you did that. And he went on through the doorway, and that was it. And that was pretty cool. <laughs> Have you ever seen relatives? Um, actually, I have not. And I missed out on some well, you're really... Still, you're still young. You're still young. Maybe something will oh, happen yeah. soon. But have you ever helped people well, cross over their fear of death? No, and that may be my next thing in life is to go help people with hospice. Yeah. Um, I, now my I had somebody who emailed me and just started telling me he was just so afraid of dying. He was young. And I said, oh, you're so, you know, you don't need well, to worry. So you're, you're so young. And healthy, yeah. and he said that's the fear of death. And that's what we're taught as a society. Yeah, but life I'm, is great. You fear death. I'm afraid how I'm going to die. I'm not afraid to die. It's just how am I going to die? It's how? <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, what if I get hit by a truck? I'm on the other side. Is you meet me? Oh, that, oh that, God, that, I got that, hit by that a truck. That was great. <laughs> being a being hit by a truck, it's instant. It's like, yeah, I made it. You know, I'm here. My um, my mom worked for a doctor a long time ago, back in the 70s, and he was mean to his patients. He was mean to his help and everything else. 
she came down with some kind of illness and he lingered in a hospital bed for 12 years before he died. Wow. Now that's a long time. That's hard. Now on the other end, on the other side of that, um, this was just a few years back. Um, I was coming home, you know, it was at nighttime, it was dark. And um, all of a sudden I see these flashing lights up ahead. And this lady that was walking along the side of the road had stepped out into the road and gotten hit by a car. Mm -hmm. And now the driver of the car, oh, my God, oh, poor me. You know, what am I going to do? Is she going to die? Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I went up to the lady that had been hit. She was on the road. And there's a type of breathing called chain stokes. And it's where you have like a <sighs> type of breathing. Mm -hmm. And it's the body gasping. It's working off brain stem functions. And she was still aware of what's going on. And I said to her, because she didn't know, you know, I, I, you know, I just guessed at that. I told her, you stepped out in front of a moving car. You got hit. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't tell her whether she was going to die or not. I said, your body is in great trauma. It's in great distress. And that is what happened to you. If you see a white light, if you see any relatives, go with them. And it was like a month or two later, that same, after she had died, that same lady came and saw me and she thanked me for telling her that. Wow. To help her understand what had happened. Uh -huh. And it's like, wow, that is so cool. But so, yeah, so, so just doing is... odd things like that, does it make you feel good? Oh, hell yes. <laughs> oh my God, don't ever pass up that opportunity. If you get a chance, like my mom died in 2012 after a, mm -hmm. um, a long illness. She was in a car wreck and it was because of those injuries. But as I, I went and saw her every day, as I slowly saw her slipping from the physical, you know, I, her mind was going elsewhere. Um, I missed the opportunity and I, I knew better. I just didn't think about it to ask her, do you see any relatives? Do you see your mom? I missed that chance. from that mm -hmm. and you will take it with you mm -hmm. and that is the best way to learn mm -hmm. is from first-hand accounts of things like that mm -hmm. um and my i yes. i wasn't there because i'm far away you know uh -huh. in the west coast and my grandmother was in the east coast and this is so uh -huh. funny because my cousin called, called and told me she goes you know grandma keeps seeing you know, people, and she's yelling at him, <laughs> tell him to go away. I'm not ready to leave. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> she would yell at him, go away. Get away from me. Oh, I'm not God. ready to leave. <laughs> leave me alone. 
I'm like, mm-hmm. we looked at each other and thought, well, why don't you just leave? <laughs> what do you want to stick around <laughs> here for? You're 96 years old. But anyway, but it was so funny. She said, you had to have been there. And I could see my grandma just yelling, get away from me. I'm not ready to go yet. <laughs> Some people don't want to go. <laughs> they go kicking and screaming and biting and clawing and scratching. And it's like, oh, my God, what I, whatever, you, want... you know. <laughs> why don't you just go? It's probably relieve your yeah. pain and your you lived a, you lived a really, life <laughs> yeah i mean it's like why do you want to continue with all this pain <laughs> i know i know it's it, it funny it's it, it funny the way you describe it but anyway but i so there are layers clouds i think this maybe is where we may go depending on how we are here on this life you know how we live our life, or for mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. You get to go to that well, place. We're here, yeah. Well, we're here to learn lessons, mm-hmm. and we're here to pay off past karmic debt. So <laughs> where we go after this, it actually depends on the advancement of your soul. Right. You okay. know, if okay. let's say, um, let's say you've been abused in this life, physical, mental, you know, doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Um, it's possible, not probable, it's possible that you were an abuser in a past life. And so you come here to this life to experience that. So you learn the lesson of don't do that again. And I have found myself, you know, not abuser or anything or abused, but just going through that. It's like, you know, it's like, wow learn that lesson and so i'm always kind to animals i'm i'm a friend to every animal i I like insects some of them you know i can live without like crickets you know (laughs) and grasshoppers i hate those things but you know like little fireflies and flies and bugs like that and stuff i'm i'm kind of a friend to them all Mm -hmm. so i guess my soul has learned the lesson of don't be mean to anything Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people who are in trouble uh, or who are in need, yeah, I give to them. Um, and I people just people who are mean to others, I say, don't be that way. You might be in their shoes someday, and how would you feel if somebody did that to you? Right. And I, the number one thing I've heard from doing this uh-huh. show, and I only did a few, um, you know. Uh, guests who've been on my yeah. show, you know, you're number six, and the number yeah. one thing I've heard, they always said to me one-on-one, be kind, mm-hmm. be kind. Yeah. That's all yeah. I've heard is to be kind. There's and... two reasons for that. The first reason is you can probably pay off karmic debts, <laughs> but the second reason is more important. You know that our personalities are basically small habits that we prefer to have. You know, I like this kind of cheese, or I prefer to have my house this way, or I like things that way. A habit, you know, makes up part of our personality. So if you start being kind to things, to people, to animals, It becomes a habit eventually, mm-hmm. and it becomes part of your soul, becomes part of yourself. Mm-hmm. Because in the end, when the physical body dies, 
The only thing that's left is your personality okay. that is your soul. Mm-hmm. The soul is just a body of energy. What makes your soul unique is the personality. Mm-hmm. And if you can change the personality to be kind, to have a loving, uh, well, not necessarily generous, because some people aren't worthy of being generous too, <laughs> but having a kind personality that will go many leaps and bounds mm-hmm. many so, leaps and when you came back to your body i uh-huh. will go back to that when you came back to your body were you glad to be back were you glad to get that no <laughs> no no the body was so confining it so, was like i was before i was this unconfined form of energy was no shape no outline no arms no legs no head no torso no nothing and then all of a sudden to have that shoved back into this confining thing with these little fingers and stuff it's like oh my god this is ooh yuck and that's the general feeling that it is it's like i'm back mm. in this again it's like whoa but yeah. to be out and not have those confines could it be restrictions yeah but could it be because you were 15 years old come on you're a 15 year old boy you're probably like looking at your hands like oh, i don't want to be here again you know get me out of here that, that was basically the feeling yes that's exactly <laughs> right like, you're a teenager I, i've just been freed and i have no body and i have no restrictions and now i'm back in this thing <laughs> ew what was it like growing up when you were growing up and going through life i'm sure it was always on your mind what it was like to be on the outside you know it was uh, probably very different i would think about it every now and then but mostly it got put into the back of my mind until years later when it resurfaced Mm-hmm. Um it was during the 70s there was a thing going on called the Jesus movement I got into that studied Christianity a lot did a lot of research got into that slowly got more and more spiritual and less religious mm-hmm. and when I started reading about the other side again which was um probably during the later 70s which Come to think about it, it really wasn't that long afterwards. I mean, I was that was 1970, and I started reading about these things in about 76, 77. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's been a long journey since then. Read a lot of books, um, researched things like that. Some books aren't worth reading. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that straight up. Some are really insightful. Some have answers. Because we always have answers. We're always seeking. But did I ever think about being out of the body like that again? Not really. I practiced and got that uh, that one out-of-body experience. But that was the only time I've ever been out. Um, I'll admit it's laziness on my part. I'll admit it. I'm a guy. Mm-hmm. I'm lazy. <laughs> a lot of guys won't admit to that. But, yeah, I will. It's lack of practice Mm -hmm. is the reason I have not gotten out since then. Mm -hmm. 
Have you ever told your parents what happened? Because you were so yes. young. Um, my dad, he was more uh, physical oriented, more materialistic oriented than my mom. Mm -hmm. uh, my mom and I, we used to go to Edgar Casey lectures mm -hmm. uh, back in Colorado Springs. And, um, you know, I've never been out to Virginia Beach where his institute is. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we used to listen to other things like that. And then the three of us moved out to a farm in central Kentucky. Okay. And um, it was more, it wasn't as progressive as what Colorado Springs was at the time. And so a lot of that stuff was put on the back burner and kind of sequestered. You know, mm -hmm. we just didn't talk about it to anybody because nobody would believe us. Mm -hmm. and so I think it, it could have been the time, you know, 1970. Now people are talking about things like this. Yeah. Curious, want to know, and, and, yes. uh, and in 1970, 1980s, even in the 90s, they're like, shh, 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 talk about it. You know, exactly. we'll send you to exactly. psychic ward. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yo, get I'm on my way to the psych ward. Come see me sometime, you know. It's like, jeez. I'll be drawing the walls. I mean, come on, 1970. I mean, people were really thought you were crazy. Yeah, right. You know, don't say yeah, anything like that. True. Don't tell anybody. You can tell me, but don't tell nobody, you know. For and, sure. And was your father like that? Did you or your mom and dad were they just like, don't tell anybody? He was not, he was not spiritually oriented at all. Um, my mom was, um, which was really good. So I had a companion to talk with and things. Mm -hmm. well, that's that's uh, good. That's good. I don't know how she presented it to him. You know, they didn't. You know, have a child of. You know, people who were brought up during the, the 40s and 50s. You don't talk about weird things like that. Mm -hmm. And the parents keep all family business away from the children. You don't mm -hmm. talk about the bills or how things are going or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And everything was kept quiet. Children were meant to be seen and not heard. Mm -hmm. You know, just et cetera, et cetera, which I'm sure you're familiar with all that. Mm -hmm. So this has really been a good topic. And and so, so everything's still fresh on your mind as if it happened yesterday. Mm -hmm. Yes. And That's uh, what they all tell me. Even, you know, I've had a few people that were on that, you know, seen things and stuff but, or had some experiences. And they said it's so fresh. Like it, it happened yesterday, even though it, it was 10 years ago or 12 mm -hmm. years or 15. It, it's still there. How it imprints on your memory. Wow. It's really weird. Yeah. I guess you maybe are meant to share this experience, and I'm Ed. I'm glad you came on, you know, the My show pleasure. and and talk about it. But yeah, this is really, really a good, you know, that that people pleasure. know. So, because yeah. I even the young people, I was so surprised. Even young people have fear of death, you know, mm -hmm. the unknown. Well, that, and, that society teaches is a fear of death. Um, I do know that in like Tibetan culture, and I, I think some Buddhist types too, they don't teach a fear of death. Mm -hmm. They teach, 
you know, that it's just simply a phase. Death is simply a transition going from one form of energy to another, and that's all it is. And it's it ends up being true. That's all it really is. You're just transitioning from one thing to another. Life isn't everything. You know, it's it's you've heard the saying, he who has the most toys at the end of his life wins. It's not true because you don't take anything with you. Right. You take your personality and that's what <laughs> that's what that's what you take. Yeah. Yep. But anyway, well, Ed, thank you so much for coming on my show. Not a problem. It's been a pleasure. And I being... would like to have you back on, you know, maybe talk. This is my um, sixth episode. Thank you, Ed, for coming on. And uh, I have more coming once a week. I'll be talking to someone relating to near-death experiences. So this has been quite interesting and, and fascinating. And it gives me peace of mind, too. Because I, you know. I hope it I, gives others. Yeah, I think everybody has in the back of their mind that fear, like, oh, my gosh, you know. Yeah, yeah, there's there's no reason to fear death. So, yeah, it gives peace. So, well, thank yeah. you so much, Ed, for coming on my show. And, uh, it's I been a pleasure being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Listening in.